Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 322 of Third Shift. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric. Having a blast, having a great time. It's a wonderful week. It's November. Uh, the weather is fantastic. I love it outside right now. I can go out there with a little light jacket on, but it's just warm enough to take it off if I want to. Just cold enough to keep it on and still feel comfortable. Can't complain. But before we get into anything else, today we have a wonderful little episode. And with me, as always, is the inglorious bastard himself. Mr. Matt, he's here. He's ready to go. He's eating potatoes. Who knows what else he's got under his sleeve besides said potatoes. He's here today. We're going to have an episode. And before we do any of that, though, how's the week been, Matt? What have you been up to? You know, I had to think for a minute. But on Tuesday night, just yesterday, as we're recording this, I did eat potatoes. And they were very tasty. So that was a good thing this week. A bunch of other stuff in real life that sucked this week, but some stuff that did not suck was just last night. Went to see Momenschance, which is a, I can't remember if they're Swedish or Polish or German. It's a, I also don't know how to describe them. If you've seen Momenschance, then you know what it is. If you don't, it's like a, kind of like a mime prop puppetry kind of theater. They do like weird little vignettes with these strange puppets or like scenes with these things. I don't know how to describe it. If you look it up, you'll, you'll get the idea, but it's just really cute or funny or just interesting things they do with these things uh it's hard to describe if you've seen the tubes and the ball that's my favorite one it's so charming that i can't i can't describe it but i went to see it it was great it was awesome if you have a chance to see it it was like their 50th anniversary tour that they're going on right now if you have a chance to see moment shots you should go it's a unique experience like nothing else also on saturday so going back in time went to the lansing symphony orchestra watched a great show great times there and then after that, I came home. It was super late, but I had an itch. I was just like, I need to do something. Something's got to something's gotta be happening. I can't go to bed. The night must continue. And I went, hmm, let me go on YouTube. What's on YouTube? Oh, League of Legends Worlds, World Championship. The grand final is tonight. Let me log on in. Because everybody knows I've been watching esports. I've been watching all kinds of stuff. Got into League European Championships. My team didn't make it very far in Worlds. They got to the quarterfinals, so not bad. But I was like, ah, maybe I won't watch it. Maybe I will. Then I saw in the World Finals, it's T1, the legendary team from Korea, with Faker, the legendary esports player. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch him win a World Championship because they were up 2-1 to one against a team called DRX. And all the commentators were like, oh, well, Faker's just got to win one more, and then he's got his fourth world's title, or however many he's got. And I went, sweet. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be cool. I'm going to see him win a world title. And I started watching that. So they were up two to one. So I was watching the fourth game in this best of five series. And I'm watching I'm like, yeah, this is cool. All right, making some plays. All right, wait. The other team's making a lot of plays, though. Oh, the other team's making really cool plays. Oh, this is, wow, look at... This underdog team coming back. Pretty nice. Cool. That other team won the fourth game. Now you're going into game five, the must win for both teams. And it's like 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, well, man, this is getting interesting. And it was just like, I always use the analogy because it's the only one I really know. When you watch March Madness and there's two teams that you don't really know, 
but you want to sit down and watch a game and just eat some chips or whatever. And you start rooting for one team, but then the other team starts coming back, and you're like, oh, man, look at look at this scrappy team. Look at these young guys. And the commentators are telling the story how these guys were the number four seed in the Korean thing. They were never supposed to make it to the finals at all. But here they are up against the number two seed, which has the legendary player on it, which you know everyone's like, oh, guaranteed they're going to win. And in that fifth game, I saw the most insane League of Legends plays I've ever seen. DRX, this other team, took out four members of T1, went into Baron Nasher. That's the big thing. Gives you a big giant buff, but it takes a while to get down. In that time, one other member of T1 came up. So 2v5, they rushed that Baron pit, got a steal with a charged Varus arrow from out of nowhere, stole the Baron, completely turned the tide of the game, incredible i'm like oh t1's t1's got it now but i'm starting to feel bad because drx was was the little underdog rising above and oh t1 stole the baron a here it's over they start pushing start taking down turrets start taking down inhibs they go to a dragon fight t1 starts it drx starts jumping in they're fighting they're fighting they fend off t1 they take the dragon oh man it's a big thing they got the objective but as they're as t1's retreating two people teleport into the base, they're rushing the base, they're rushing the nexus. The commentators are losing their minds. I'm losing my mind. Faker's up there with somebody else. I can't remember who it is. There's nobody back for DRX. They're going to take it. They're going to win the game. One guy goes back for DRX, brawling 2v1, takes out Faker. The other guy's chopping him down. Another person comes back for DRX. They fight them off. They rush all the way down the mid lane, destroy the base. It was insane it was incredible if you don't know league of legends it probably didn't make any sense to you but it was like hail mary's going back and forth they got a hail mary and took him down to the one yard line they stripped the ball and ran it all the way straight down for a touchdown on the other side something it was incredible i couldn't believe when i was watching it was totally worth staying up till two in the morning to watch all that to watch all the post-match stuff, seeing people tears down their faces, players shaking because they were so close to winning the world title and they blew it and they had history with the people on the other side. Oh my God, it was incredible. I get why people love esports. I did already, but I get it like doubly, triply now. It was incredible. It was awesome. And thank God it was daylight savings time. So my 2 a.m. turned into 1 a.m. So it wasn't so bad the next day. Then on the video game front, I'm going to leave one thing on the show notes off. Been playing Persona 5 Strikers, scrambling through it, just having a ton of fun, just eating and chewing at it. But I've been at so many shows. I got a show coming up tomorrow night. I'm doing this show tonight. I haven't been able to play it for a few days. That's all I want to do is play that. But the other thing that I do want to do is play Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. Got a stream in on Monday night, doing the voices, having a bunch of fun. Jeez, golly, what an awesome game. What an awesome time. What an awesome fun I have on the stream. I don't even know if anybody watching enjoys it, but I enjoy it. And I have just a fantastic time with a fantastic game, and it feels good. And that's the perfect way to end out how my week was. Two awesome games, having a great time in them anytime. Real life things that are great. It's a wonderful week. How about your week? I'll tell you my week, Mr. Matt. Friday comes along. We're like, oh, we should play games together. But, uh, you know, work went crazy. Besides the point, I was like, all right, I'm still going to play with Matt, even though work was bananas today. It's going to be okay. But you know what I'm going to do? Matt don't like to play while the kids are still up and running around and things are happening. I'll get on Yakuza. 
this will be my chance to get a couple hours in. Probably should be able to beat it before 8 o'clock hits, no problem. And if not, I can probably save it, shut it off. So I start playing. Then AM Tower came up. All of a sudden, I'm doing this. I'm going to fight. Okay, it's still okay. All of a sudden, this happens. Okay, I got to go up these other towers. Okay, another fight happened. Oh, my God. All right. 8 o'clock hits. 8.20 hits. Still okay. Kids are just now going to bed. So I'm like, well, I'll tell them I was a little bit late start. You know, whatever. Kids haven't just gone to bed. Kind of can't save. Okay, well, this can't be much longer. I, I feel like this is the last <laughs> fight. It's Tendo, you know. It's got to be It's gotta be right there. And then probably some, maybe one more big battle. If that, and it'll be right after that. Click. And, of course, I texted you. Hey, just letting you know, kids are put down, but I got to beat uh, Tendo here. And then uh, we should be good to go. And you went, nah, see you later, dude. <laughs> it still might be good. I'll, I'll text you when I'm done. Now, mind you, it wasn't as bad as it seems. I, I did get done. I think it was 9.30, something like all those lines. Yeah, 9.30. And I went, man, I'm done. And he went, nah, too late, sucker. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's only one hour late. One hour and 20 minutes. Like, yeah, it's not bad. But well, and, and, it's, and it wouldn't be bad, but I also know that the last time you were on the shift that you're on, it was ten thirty. Oh, well, about ten o'clock. Now, as the story continues, all right, fine. I'll watch some anime. You know, check you later. Have a great night. Started watching some shows. You know, I had a couple beers. Next thing I know, I woke up in my chair like twelve oh four or something like that, and I went, uh-huh. "What's the last thing I remember? What happened?" It's like ten twelve. I think it was the last time I was looking and watching one of my shows. <laughs> So I fell asleep. I'm like, God dang, man, this sucks. This is the worst. And of course, at that point, you can't salvage anything. You know? yeah. I'm not going to stay up like uber late and then be miserable. So I just hopped into bed and called it a night. But it was still awesome. I beat Yakuza like a dragon. Had such a good time with it. But glad to be done, definitely. Um, you know, it just, gosh, can't can't say enough good things about it. It's just a fun game. So many mini games. I never even did finish the go-kart experience. I got all the way to the point where it got real. And, like, some shadowy figure was like, hey, I'm actually a pro attorney rider, and I'm interested in you, but I'm going to disappear. Prove yourself. And then there was, like, never a quest again. So I'm not really sure where I was supposed to prove myself. If I was just supposed to just go do dragon races until he appeared again i assume that's probably what was going to happen but either way i'd already went through all the second storylines of everybody and completed all of them uh so i don't i don't really know what i had to do to do that one but i know i never finished it and i was always going to so that one was a little bit missed but i did finish the uh the financial one that ended up being fantastic so much fun so glad i went through and made bajillions of dollars with that changed the entire game and of course The last thing I'll say on Like a Dragon is tied to the financial game. It gives you a whole spoiler. Spoiler. Gives you a whole other character, Eerie. Which is awesome. She's freaking cool as hell. But it did bug me that they didn't take the time to add her into any scenes in the game if you had her. So she, it's like she didn't exist. And they even conned her like into the, into the, the survive bar where Nobody has to interact with her except for the very one first appearance where she joins the team. Besides that, it's like she doesn't exist in anything at all. That did, that did make me sad because I was like, oh, man, it'd be great if she actually did join the team. And everybody was like, yes, 
you're here too. And she was in the scenes with everybody at the end. But I get it just because it's a lot of work for a character that a lot of people probably were never going to get because obviously you had to do a little homework and be patient and do a lot of stuff to get through that financial game. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it did kind of bug me a little bit, but at the same time, She's like a totally optional character. If you didn't engage with the game at all, you wouldn't get her. It's like Shadow having something big to do in the world of Ruin or Yuffie or Vincent mm-hmm. or you know anything like that in Final Fantasy VII. You can't really do it if it's something you can miss. So Yeah, I get it. But I was sad just because she was really cool. And yeah. It would have been nice to get some more interaction with her in the game. Except, you know, beyond doing the financial game itself. Other than that, no complaints Recommend it to everybody. Check that game out. A lot of fun. And then, beyond that, some Soul Hackers. That's what came up next after Yakuza. Nice. So, got back into that. Did the typical. Completely like, uh, what the hell am I doing in here? What was going on? Get into some fights. Oh, yeah, this is actually very difficult. These fights are challenging. There's no messing around. You're taking huge hits of HP. Every hit of a regular baddie. Alright, I gotta change... My whole mindset, because Yakuza was the opposite of that. I was a god, blew up everything, had millions of spells, healing things at my disposal. This one, no, you got one spell, and you're getting punched in your face, and you're going to die if you get hit one more time, so you're forced to heal, that kind of thing. So I got in there, did, uh, got to the next checkpoint in the dungeon I'd left off in, didn't remember what the heck was going on. Went, oh, yeah, I got to this spot, was, eh, did that. Then I started... Going from place to place just to re-familiarize myself with where was where, what shops were what, what was going on. And what is nice is that every shopkeeper and place and environment and everybody there will kind of give you like a, oh, yeah, it's your old pal Sizu. And, you know, come to me and I'm going to do this and this for you. So I did that So because I didn't want to start the game over. Like I told you, I had had like nine, ten hours already in. So I'm like, not doing that. Thankfully, I did get... You know, the memories back, picked it back up, and uh, went on to the next mission. Starting to go through that, but unfortunately didn't get very far beyond that because the week kind of just picked up, and here we are. It's Wednesday. But happy to be there. Glad I got back into it. That's going to be my next little side project, except for one that just hit, which I'll talk about later. And then last but not least, I think I actually played this last week, but I didn't mention it, and I told Matt to play it. It was the Star Ocean Divine Force demo. Yes. Yes. So I already played it. I forgot completely to mention about it. But it, it it fits anyway because Matt actually got around to it this week. And I went through that demo and I was just shocked. I had such a good time with it. I thought the character interactions that they gave you were a lot of fun. I felt like the battle system was fun and engaging. The environments, you know, while the graphics aren't like, oh my god, it, it felt good, it looked good to me. The traversal was exactly what uh, was detailed to me when I was, you know, telling everybody about the game originally. You get to just kind of project, you know, basically rubber band yourself all over the place until the uh, the little beaner runs out. I had a great time, to the point where, like I said, I texted Matt and said, hey Matt, this game's actually low-key pretty damn good. I gotta pick this up even though I know I can't play it for quite a while because I have too many games to play right now, but I don't want to let this one just slip off into the nothingness. So there we are. You know, It's in the list. Sometime I'm going to play this game. I recommend it just off the demo. Go check that demo out for sure. 
I had a great time with it. What did you What did you think, man? I will say I had a pretty good time with it too. This was the one thing that I wasn't going to talk about, but if you're bringing it up, we'll talk about it. I enjoyed the combat. I enjoyed the traversal. I enjoyed the world. I think my only issues with it are one, I don't like the art style, like the way the characters look, the way everything is so like big and yeah. bulky and characters look weird as hell. Like their faces look weird, but like even the stuff they wear, they're wearing, it looks like chunky. Mm-hmm. Like I've never used that word before, but if you know what chunky means, like his boots are chunky, like hands and yes. every, everything is weird and strange looking. And then the only other thing that I didn't like, and this would be solved by me just playing it in English is played it with Japanese voiceover, but the English localization, it's so the, the things they say, in the subtitles, obviously, that's what they're going to say in the English version. But, like, his casualness, his, like, he's kind of like, ha-ha, loosey-goosey. Like, a lot of lines are like that. But in the Japanese version, they're just polite, normal lines. It's very strange. Like, they did that a little bit in Persona, like, with Ryuji. He's, like, even more over the top than he is in the Japanese version. But it was just so stark. Like, but the main character, dude, he sounds in the subtitles like a totally different person than he does like in the Japanese audio. It was really strange and kind of took me out. But when I was running around in the world fighting monsters, you know, using the thing and getting like the weird side attacks and, and the back attacks, that was a lot of fun. Like I had fun just zooming around in there. And even before you got the zoomy thing, even just using the abilities, once you got a couple abilities, I'm like, okay, well, I know this character's windup takes about two seconds and it's about a second and a half for my windup to do the big combo thing. I like the combat system. I like the character interactions. I like the world. But just the the visuals and the audio just desynced it for me. It was weird. Yeah, the audio would be fixed if you just do the, uh, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, audio because the characters actually match up. Yeah. He is just a loosey-goosey, not serious, chill kind of individual. And it, it, it 100% goes through in the U.S. Yeah, you yeah. Know, audio version. So that would fix that. But like you said, the vi- the visuals, though, nah, I mean... You're not going to write home about the graphics, and the characters do look weirder in all hell. But I can get past all that, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like a critical thing for me. I just went, okay, you know, I'm not going to sit here going, ooh, wow, oh, this Vista's amazing, all that character's facial animations, wow, I'm just blown away. Yeah, I think if I picked it up on a sale, put it on the English VA, yeah. I would have a lot of fun with it. So it's it's on the list of like... If I have an opening and I need a slot to fill it and I can get it for, you know, 10, 20 bucks off or whatever, I think I would definitely pick it up. Exactly. That is the way to go for a sale. That's going to be a steal for anybody. So that's the last thing I've played and done. Um, Nothing else besides that this week. But of course, with that being said, is there some releases? Anything happening this week, Matt? Anything exciting? The big release this week. There was was one game everybody's a buzz about, and I'm going to tell you... All about it. Oh, yeah. It's the only game that's worth the buzz this week. No, I'm lying. I'm just, that's a bit for the show. Don't worry about it. I'm not being serious. It's Sonic Frontiers. And this is a game, I'm not I'm not hyped for it. I'm not a big Sonic guy, but I've seen videos of it, and it looks cool. Seeing Sonic zooming around in an open world, it just looks good. It looks right. Seeing him move super fast through just like the clips and bits you've seen. I was like, I'm okay. I'm excited. I want to know more about it. Now, I do know more about it. Hey, it came out on the 8th, developed by Sonic Team, duh, published by Sega, duh, out for PC, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox. All the things are duh, but this is Sonic, It's and they've kind of shied away from this, in an open world. 
It's kind of like open zones. I've heard people compare it to Super Mario Odyssey, which I think is more realistic. Because Sonic and his friends get sucked into like the cyber world. They show up on a weird island, and you go around and try and figure out what's going on. And in those big, weird islands, you can zoom all around. You can run all around. You can find collectibles. You can you know, find all kinds of things. And then you can find like mini stages and like mini platforming puzzles and mini speed challenges and all kinds of stuff that's just out there in the world. So that's why I think the Mario Odyssey comparison is kind of valid because you can find all kinds of little mini activities to do as Mario. And then you can jump into a stage, which in here there's like little cyber stages where you jump in as Sonic and it's a, you know, a time attack or a ring collect attack or getting specialty rings. And it's either 2D or 3D, like little bite-sized stage. Like think of maybe like a Sonic Adventure stage. You kind of buzz through it real quick. You get your ranking at the end of this cyber thing. It pops you back out into the open zone on that island and like I said, you can run all around. You can find rails to grind, platforms to bounce off of, little bumper things. You can find enemies to fight. All kinds of just, I don't want to say random, but it kind of feels that way. As, as you watch players zoom around the world, oh, what if I grind this rail? Well, it takes me up here, and if I climb this little tower thing, at the top I get some collectibles. Or at the top I find the entrance to another cyber stage. And as you get collectibles, it unlocks more things that you can collect and, and earn. At the Obviously, at the end of these big islands, you get a Chaos Emerald, one or two or a bunch, and then you fight a giant Titan. And what I've heard is that is the coolest part of the game, because you are doing all kinds of awesome Sonic-type stuff. I mean, obviously, you're running all around, rolling around at the speed of sound like he always does, but these big Titan battles have unique mechanics, and I think only one video review I saw spoiled one of them, where it's like, you're in this... You're fighting this big Titan thing, and it goes to like a total top-down perspective, and around the edges... Of the battle arena, there's lasers all around. But since Sonic goes so fast, at some point, you can spin up fast enough that you're bouncing and ricocheting all off of those, doing a bunch of damage to the boss. So I've heard those are a ton of fun. The cyber stages are a ton of fun. The platformings can be a lot of fun as long as you don't get kind of finicky with it. But what I've heard is you come up to a platforming challenge, and sometimes it'll automatically crack you into a 2D plane. So you don't miss a jump to the left or the right. It's just forward and you're going, going, going in traditional Sonic style. So I don't know. It's a game that I want to play. So I don't want to know too much about it. I don't want to see too many bosses. I don't want to see too many stages because it just, it feels like they're finally starting to get 3d slash 2d Sonic. Right. And that open zone environment really excites me because just watching people zoom through this Island, that Island, there's a desert one, there's this and that. It excites me, just being able to, even for small instances, run free as Sonic and feel the speed. And the speed is real. When you get all the rings and you have the boost ability, you are zooming so fast and so ridiculously. And the other thing that does kind of excite me is they show one of his new abilities. It's like the Psy Loop, I think it's called, where you leave a little trail behind you and you circle around enemies. When you complete that circle, it does like a, a Dragon Ball Z type of... Like battle, it knocks him up in the air, and then you can follow him. For open world Sonic 3D combat, I think that kind of changes the game because usually it's, oh, if you're moving fast, you just jump up and homing attack, homing attack, homing attack. Here, the speed is part of the attack. If you're zooming fast and you see a group of enemies, skrr, do a little circle, and then you pow, 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 and then off to the races again. So I don't know. This is one that I'm not a huge Sonic fan. I wasn't super hyped for this, but seeing footage of it, seeing the beautiful graphics, hearing the awesome sound, it seeing it running at 60 FPS in the performance mode, it just looks 
great. It looks like nothing else. If you like fast action moving stuff, if you like Sonic at all, you should definitely check it out. Even maybe lapsed Sonic fans, give this one a shot. I don't know if there's ever going to be a demo or a game trial or whatever, if it'll ever be on Game Pass, or if you just want to get it on a sale. I'm interested. I'm not a big Sonic guy, and I'm interested. So check out Sonic Frontiers, everybody. Well, it's funny you mentioned Sonic because I had a streamer up the other day, uh, Bruce Green. He was playing Sonic Frontiers, and I grew up say on Sega, so you know I I played lots of old school Sonic games, done all that. So I have a passive interest, but like you, I wasn't particularly interested in this one. It wasn't like oh, I must get this. But I was watching him, and I think he was going up against the Guardian, which are like these world bosses that sometimes appear in in the open world stages. And I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me, because I was just passively watching as I was doing my own thing. However, it was this bird, and this bird kind of like set up this track behind it, and it was like shooting at him. Oh, yeah. like you said, he was using his boost and had to get past it. And the music for that was just popping. And I was like, ooh. So I paused what I was doing and actually turned it up and watched him go against his bird. He had to keep on the track, dodge the bullets. The music was going. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It looked really cool. So a lot of the games like that, yeah, definitely. I don't know, man. That was kind of piquing my interest and made me go, oh, maybe I should, like you, wait for a good sale and pick this sucker up or something. Yeah, the the big set pieces, I think. I've seen bits and pieces of them. I saw a bit, a bit of that one. The big set pieces look like nothing else. Like they're built for sonic type speed it looks Mm -hmm. crazy it looks good i've heard like the only the only iffy stuff is some of the platforming stuff if you fall off and it's sometimes hard to get back up but i mean that's how sonic has always been he's best when he's going fast this gives him a lot of opportunity to go fast and look cool doing it yeah for sure for sure we'll we'll keep an eye on it for for now but a game i don't have to keep an eye on matt because it's already purchased in fact i already popped it in right before the show so i could at least Get a morsel, just a morsel of it before we got going. God of War Ragnarok, everybody. Sony Santa Monica Studios has put it out there into the world. It's out right now as I speak for the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. You can get it. It's the successor, this sequel to God of War 2018. It picks up. A little bit of time has passed, but this game just swoop swoops right in from the previous title so if you haven't played that you really ought to go play that because uh it's probably not going to make a ton of sense what the hell's going on however i will say this to my surprise i didn't watch him at but to my surprise i go onto the old menu click 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 let's get in there let's get in there hey would you like to watch a god of war recap so you know what if you say no i want in on this i want to be part of the water cooler i don't care i'm not playing the other one right now you can go watch a recap that tells you about all the storylines and the big big moments from 2018's God of War. I almost did it just to just to see what it was about and what it kind of showcased, but I didn't have time. I went, no, 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 no. I already know how this is going to go. It's going to open with a huge cinematic and a big old weird long play playthrough thing that's going to take probably too much time as it is. So let's just go. Sure enough. I felt like I was playing for five seconds, and it had already been like 20 minutes. And I went, ah, no. got. I, I probably don't even have a save point, but I got to just turn it off. I'll just redo it. It doesn't really matter. It opens up in such an awesome, fun way. A different way, mind you, than God of War 2018 did. If anybody's played that, y'all know what I'm talking about, where Kratos and Boulder have themselves an event. This one opens up with something else that's very fun and cool, but not as crazy as that. 
So I don't know. It just depends on what you're looking for. Anywho's right off the get-go, big characters are returning. Kratos is remembering his lost wife. You know, Atreus, you see growth in him. This game already just is it's speaking to the soul, man. I'm like, oh my god. I just want to play this title. And of course, if you don't know what God of War is, I, there's no help in you, really. All I can tell you is that you're going to play as Kratos. That's the main dude. All right. Back in the day, he used to be a bad guy. Killed lots of gods. Greek gods did all sorts of bad things. Crazy things. Tries in 2018. He goes into hiding. Finds a wife. Has a child, apparently. You pick up. Wife is dying. He's sad. He's, now he's got to raise a son. He has no idea how to raise because he's just got a war. He's crazy. All right. You go on this awesome, awesome adventure game using this badass axe. Having a good old time. And then things happen, lots of stuff happens, and you come into this one, Matt. You're going right back into this one. And yes, you still have the axe, and you have another set of weapons at your disposal right from the word go this time around. So you could switch in between them, and you'll need to, because as I hear, which I'm sure and already knew from the end game from 2018, certain enemies will have certain weaknesses, certain enemies will have certain playstyles, and the two weapons you have have very different playstyles, very different strengths, very different weaknesses. And you're going to need to utilize that if you want to be a pro at the game. The game also has, just as the previous one has, uh, Valkyrie. This one doesn't have the Valkyrie. This one has Berserkers. But the same deal. So you'll get to come across very rare and cool bosses who can help you. You can bypass them. All the main characters from the previous one have their own storylines and stuff happening here. And from what I hear, since some time has passed and Atreus is more of a teenager this time around, <sighs> You just get a fresh look on everything. And to top it all off, you're going to get new environments, but you're also going to go back to all familiar environments that you did in 2018. However, with Thimblewinter kicking off and then Ragnarok right around the corner, now it's icy and snowy and all that. So you get a fresh take on a lot of stuff you might have already seen. Not to mention the characters have moved on with their lives and you're going to encounter all that. Just a wonderful, wonderful thing so far. I've gotten literally almost nowhere in it. But I can't spoil myself, so I couldn't go give you any big, big in-depth, you know, stuff because I'm not looking at anything. Because you know how those trailers do it. Oh, look at how cool this is! And then all of a sudden, you're seeing a, a boss you didn't want to see, or an event with a character whom you loved doing something crazy. So you already know something bonkers is going to happen that you didn't want to happen, or you did. Doesn't matter. I can't go into that. I can only tell you right now what I know based off 2018's God of War and the uh, few minutes I played. But this is a wonderful title. 2018's got Game of the Year already written in the past on it. This game has already been forecasted as a big contender for Elden Ring. We'll see where it goes. I'll be able to have my own input because I'm going to be playing it as soon as this is over and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Go check it out. Everybody's going to be talking about it. You ain't going to be able to miss it. Now, see, I'm going to pull an Eric on this one. You're, oh, no. you're completely unexpecting it. But it was Monday. It hadn't been released yet. So... Right before my Pixel Remaster stream, I got on it, my little iPad onto Twitch, and someone was playing God of War. And I went, I can't, I don't know if it's the new one, the old one, whatever. But I clicked on it, and the person, you know, had a little chair in the corner, and they were fighting some big dragon boss that was like leaning over some mountains. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it started off the stream, it just kind of looked like video game, but then it popped up to like 1080p quality. And I'm looking, just on, just on the iPad, maybe, maybe about that big. This is the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. I went, this must be the, I mean, has to be the new one. Somebody got it early and they're allowed to stream. 
It's so gorgeous. I can't believe it. Like I couldn't, I was watching it and I will say the gameplay didn't engage me super much. And maybe it was just how the person was playing, but I was like, how can, how can video games look so good? I, I was, I was drawn in. I couldn't, I've said it before. I've said it already. I couldn't believe it. It looked incredible. And I went, that's really what these games look like. Maybe I actually need to play this game. It was inconceivable to me. Kratos looked good. This dragon thing looked good. Just the mountains and the sky. Unreal. Unreal. It's unreal. It is gorgeous. It's it's just a marvel to behold. And the new one, right from the word go, already just spectacular, gorgeous looking. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a... I'm just in for a ride, you know. It's like right as you're going off that roller coaster, and it's chunka 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 chunka, and I'm just like, oh, 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 my little feet are kicking, man. I got the I got the tingle jingles going, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I just want to put all the time in the world into it. And like you said, it looks gorgeous already. The previous one, you know, the remaster they did for it for the PS5, fantastic looking. Just like you, I got caught up watching a couple of streamers playing it. And funny enough, one of them got to that dragon fight too. And I was like, God, I remember that. Holy crap, that was so much fun. And it looks even better now. Woo, I'm in for a treat. Man, oh man, but you teased it. Now, like we mentioned earlier in the show, work's been crazy. I couldn't think of a good topic, but you mentioned it. Everybody's been talking about it. ever since before God of War Ragnarok released. Everyone's been pitting it up against Elden Ring. Game of the year. Which one's going to take it? Which one's going to take it? And then on the weekend, pating, I got an email. I'm a little phony phone. Hey, the Game Awards are streaming on the 8th. And I went, what better possible emergency topic than some thoughts on the Game Awards? Obviously, no nominees have been announced. It's, on, it's only a month away and still nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's strange. I feel like it's usually out by now. Yeah, I feel like it's really weird. They'll probably drop it tomorrow mm-hmm. when we would normally do the show. <laughs> but I thought, you know, neither one of those is my game of the year. But I was like, it would be a good thing to kick around. Which do you think is going to take it? Do you think there's any sleepers? Because while I was looking at people's tweets all about God of War and Elden Ring, other people were saying, yeah, but what about this game? What about that game? So I went on IGN's Top Rated Games 2020. There's a million games that came out that everybody freaked out about in the early part of the year that I've completely forgotten about. So I listed out a bunch of indie games, a bunch of big games, a bunch of action games, a bunch of RPGs, all kinds of stuff on my end. Maybe just a little kick around of like what you think could start taking some of these topics. Obviously, like we said, no nominees, no nothing, but just from what's out there, what you're thinking about, what do you think? What do you got? Give me something. Oh, man. So what do you want to start big? Just like the game of the year, like contenders, I think that are going to be there. Like legitimate ones? Yeah, let's let's start with that. All right, we'll start yeah. with that. And we can mosey around and, and screw around with some of the subtitles and see where we end up. For the big ones, Matt, you got God of War. I, that, that's going to be there. It's no doubt. Well, the, that I thought was a good discussion point. Obviously, it's it's here now. The awards are in a month. Mm-hmm. Is that too soon, though? No. I don't know what their rules are. I mean, I've, I've, um, I feel like it's probably not, but to me, it just feels too soon. Like, normal humans have only touched it now, you know? It definitely won't be too soon because the justification will be that people have had a week, maybe even two weeks, to play. And I think this is precisely why he, uh, Jeff's holding back. Mm-hmm. I think he's waiting to let enough citizens play the game. Fair. Because all the critics, the ones that really matter, the people that really matter They've for the voting, it beat it already. they already played it and beat it, all of them. So he's good on that end. He, he doesn't have to worry about it. 
the people voting, the real ones, have already voted. Because as we know, the people votes just a fraction yeah, yeah. of the count. It's kind of not going to sway anything in reality unless there was like some kind of incredibly close call, which typically that's just not going to be the case. So I don't think there's any question in my mind that God of War Ragnarok isn't going to be there swinging toe-to-toe with Elden Ring. Maybe it's just because I've been hanging out with you so long, but it just feels to me like, how could you vote for the game if you haven't beat it? Most people won't have beat it inside of two weeks. I agree with that, but they'll vote anyway. But then when I think of my game of the year list, I'm going to make maybe some of these games I haven't beaten. So it's it's it was just weird because it's here and then people are like immediately there. I don't know. It was weird to me. But obviously that, I agree with you. If he doesn't say it's too close, that will definitely be there. Obviously, Elden Ring will be there. That was the big juggernaut mm. from March or February from the first part of the year. Yeah, very beginning. Of the yeah, year. that's got to be there. Then I was going down this list. What about Horizon, Eric? I only know one person who talks about Horizon, but I feel like that one's like forgotten now. I feel like it's going to be there, but I feel like it has absolutely zero chance. Because just like you said, I think this was a come and a go. I think Horizon Forbidden West came, the people that wanted to like it, liked it and enjoyed it, and the people that didn't care or were just mad were so busy and beholden by Elden Ring still at that point that it didn't matter. They shadow played Horizon and then kept leaping back off to Elden Ring and talking about Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring took all the air in the room and completely threw Horizon into a garbage can. That's just the way it is. And it happens. It happens all the time. But I think Jeff's going to pop it in there because it is a pinnacle of PlayStation. You know, that's a top-tier game. That's something PlayStation spends a lot of money on to advertise and put out there. Aloy is a main character, you know, in the whole PlayStation logo. That's who you see now. So he, I don't think he, with his relationships to PlayStation, to everybody else for that matter, he's not going to let that just slip by because the production on Forbidden West is fantastic. You know, the, the quality of that game is top-notch. You can't deny it's a great game, but I don't think, I just don't think it has the, the remembrance, the the know that it, it needs to get any sort of real record, you know, any sort of ground, any anything. It's dead. It, and I don't, it's sad to say. And, and it's weird because I brought it up that way that I feel like it would be a, it's, it's like a forgotten game in there. But maybe... If maybe just for the popular vote, if you haven't had a chance to beat God of War, but you are just a place, you are mainly PlayStation gamer, and you're not into Elden Ring and stuff. Well, maybe Horizon is your game of the year or your game of the year vote. Maybe that kind of it's like a sleeper pick. Maybe it doesn't go you know completely forgotten, but it's you know Mm -hmm. top three, top five. I don't know. I just honestly gotta think that it's gonna be just like last time Horizon was in the game of the awards. It, it was in five or six areas, mm. and it lost every single one of them. It, it didn't place in any of them. I, I feel with my bones that that's going to be a repeat this time around, too. That it's going to be there, and everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, that was a pretty fun game. But, well, I think this one did it a little bit better. This one did it a little bit better. Yeah, I, I feel like it, if if you're right, and it's in a lot of categories with something like Elden Ring, if they don't split that out into – if they're both in for action-adventure game – I think Elden Ring would steal it from it. Mm-hmm. But if they like carve Elden Ring into like RPG where it can just steal that, even though it's, I mean, it is, but it's not, a, you know, maybe, maybe that would be the case. But I could see it taking like best action adventure game because God of War would be more like action game. This would be action adventure. It could maybe, 
you know, get thrown a bone there or something. Squeak something out of it, which I agree with, and hopefully it does. It deserves some sort of prop somewhere. It's it's a terrible tragedy that it keeps going this way for uh, Horizon. Mm -hmm. But a game, I think, that's going to be an actual contender for Game of the Year, man, Cult of the Lamb. I think this one has a chance to not win it. It's not. I'm not stupid, but I think it's going to be on enough people's radars as their favorite game of the year that some, you know, niche websites, some niche places will give this game game of the year. I do agree with you. I was thinking just specifically of the Game Awards. They usually have one or two indie games in there, mm-hmm. and I think I think that could definitely be one of them. And depending on how you define indie, I think Stray could be in there too. I don't think it would win, but I think that's another one where maybe you're not a big action gamer. You don't like Elden Ring. You don't like God of War. You don't like this or that. Maybe that snatches up a bunch of votes and gets, you know, like I said, I don't think it would win. But maybe it's like number two. And I could see, like you said, other publications, smaller websites, especially if you're focused towards more indie level things, even though it was a Sony PlayStation, you know, studios production, maybe that gets game of the year. I could see that snatching up some stuff too. I I, I see Stray getting mentioned. I really do. Um, I've played and beaten it. I enjoyed it. I've talked about it before. I I don't think it stands a chance just because of wonderful quality. You know, environment's fantastic, but in the story, I felt the story was really fun and, and cool, but it was brief. I don't, I don't felt, I don't feel it had the heart and the, uh, the longevity. Mm. There, there wasn't enough there, I think, to get anybody to fight for it beyond a couple little, you know, quick hits, and then they go, okay, I, I concede, I understand, I get it. Now, another one in that range, though, man, Sifu. That's on my list too. Yeah, Sifu was a huge deal. I never played that game, I. But I've, I, God, you know how many podcasts I listen to every week. That's all anybody talked about for weeks when that game hit. Mm-hmm. That one is one I feel that's going to come up and be another hitter, and that's going to fight. I think less with Stray because I feel like Cult of the Lamb's the stronger title of those two. If you're talking indies, I think those two, Cult, uh, Sifu and Cult of the Lamb, are going to be the two big indie contenders for game of the year, which neither will win, but then that leads to the other area of India of the year where you will see Stray, you will see Call of the Lamb, you will see Sifu, and there will be an actual battle with those particular games. It's a weird one because as I was going through that list, best games of 2022, I saw Sifu on there and I went, isn't that from a million years ago because of the time warp that time is these days? But I feel like that's one that, if you put it in game of the year, it'll get some sympathy votes, but I feel like that's one that just like with Horizon, it came and it went, mm-hmm. and then especially got swarmed up by Elden Ring hype. But I think if you put this into something like Best Action Game, that can win it because that that combat system. Again, I never played it, same as you, but just seeing it and f- feeling like the physical chunky gameplay, those those hard hits and stuff, you could maybe you could maybe win that one. Unless something like Bayonetta three is in there, I think that is definitely going to take something like best action game. But oh yeah. I mean, I haven't played it. I still want to. I don't hear the as much buzz about it, but I think that you got to throw that in the game of the year conversation too. Bayonetta 3 that'd be like your big Switch one that kind of comes in that if you don't have PlayStation, you're not going to vote for Ragnarok, you're not going to vote for Horizon, you're not going to vote for Elden Ring. If you're a Switch player, you're voting for Bayonetta 3. Well, plus best action Bayonetta is going to take it by a landstorm anyway. It's all action. It is literally all action. That is all that game does and is, is action. 
So for anything else to win that, in my eyes, would just be ridiculousness because it's been received extraordinarily well. From all I hear, it's fantastic beyond belief. I can tell you from my previous experience with the original, not the not the two, but from the original, <laughs> it was nothing but fun. Nothing but go, 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 go. Except for your little reprieves in the shop, upgrade mm. weapons, armor, etc., all that good stuff. But beyond that, nothing but action. I don't think we'll even see it in the game of the year, though. I don't think it'll be in those nominations, even though maybe it should be. The last game that even has a chance, I think, of being in the game of the year spot, which won't win, but it'll also probably win the best family game, is the Kirby that came out this year. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That was another one. People, blah, 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 blah. Oh, this was so much fun. Oh, it was the best. It was so much fun. So much fun. What an adventure game. What an adventure game. Blah, 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 blah. The abilities are such a great time. I didn't play it. My little brother, Jared, he played it, beat it, told me to play it. You got to play it. You got to play it. You got to play it. But I just have too many games. Couldn't get to it. But he talked it up and down. Said it was so much fun. So wonderful. Such a family fun game or just a game for you anyway. He said it had a little bit of everything for everybody. I think that has a chance of being like the... Hey, here's a Nintendo game. Well, it's not Nintendo, but you know what I'm saying. It basically is mm-hmm. in the Game of the Year category. But obviously, we all know it'll probably just go in Best Family Game, even though technically it's not a family game because I think it's a solo game. So, yeah, well, who knows the definition for that anymore? Can't you play co-op? Isn't there some some is kind there? of co-op system? I'm pretty sure there is. Maybe but... there is. I could, yeah, I could be totally wrong on that. But I wanted to mention this before it disappeared: is Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I put it on my list and I was going to say, what do you think about that for best role-playing game? And then I said, Eric doesn't know anything about it. He's got a sealed copy of it. It's a sealed copy sitting right there. (laughs) I think it's going to take it without any contest, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Nothing but good words about it. I've heard across the board over and over. There's a huge following and fan base for Xenoblade Chronicles. So I don't see any world right now in which that doesn't win because you didn't see a big Final Fantasy drop or a Dragon Quest drop. And I think those are the only two titles that would ever have a shot of, of course, beating Xenoblade when it comes to role-playing game of the year. Well, here, I've got two titles. Oh, my God. Yeah, I already know. You're going to put Elden Ring in that freaking category or something well, stupid. Well, I, I, that wasn't one of the ones I was talking about because, yes, they could put it in there even mm-hmm. though it shouldn't really be there. But if you want to talk about RPGs, I don't know that they would do this, but I don't know how they work with re-releases or remasters. Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster came out this year. True. In February, the remaster of a game everybody loves. If they do put it in there, I could see that taking it just because of the nostalgia vibe. Even if you don't play RPGs anymore, you might still want to play that. And it's not uh-huh. just me saying, I just got done playing it and doing voices and having fun. I mean, that's a legitimate one, I think. But I don't know how they would do it. And if <laughs> if we're talking about re-releases, well, Persona 5 Royal came out on a bunch of other stuff. That wasn't one of the ones I was going to talk about either. But I don't think they would do it, I but you never so. know. I don't know. So, well, PC Gamer might put it on there. How about that? Yes. Released for PC RPG and site, and PC stuff. Gamers, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But the other one I was thinking about, and it's not a pure RPG, but you can't put this anywhere else. Triangle Strategy came mm-hmm. out this year, mm-hmm. too. That's a deep game with deep characters and a deep storyline. And I, I need to get back to it. I think that's one that... They're, I mean, they're both Switch games, so I think... If if there's a split, there's you know you kind of have half half the people vote for one, half vote for the other. That's when I could see taking it because it's just 
it's so it's a different kind of RPG, but it's so deep in its own way. Whereas the other hardcore, like maybe traditional RPGs go Xenoblade, but I could see that being a big contender. You got that HD 2D graphical style. Come on. You can't beat that. I really think this year's so chock full of really good RPGs that Jeff's going to be smart about it and not put those yeah. half baked, not really RPGs in there this year because you got Triangle Strategy, you got Soul Hackers, you've got Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you've got the just recent release, Valkyrie Elysium. Oh, Valkyrie Elysium, yeah. Yep. You got that. You've got the other uh, strategy one, Deal Field Chronicles. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of RPGs, I think, that could go into this category that we don't have to put any of the adventure RPGs or whatever you want to call them games into this category this year. And now that you mention that, all those other RPGs, maybe this is. Finally, the year, and maybe I think they've been other years, where that's just pure RPGs. And then when you go into, like, strategy slash simulation, that's where Triangle Strategy would show up. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Dio Field Chronicles, that kind of thing. That would be really cool if he did that, but I won't cross my fingers. I'm just going right. to assume he's going to dump it all in just RPG. And then and out of those, I just, just be in there. Yeah. Out of those, I think you're right. Triangle Strategy and Xenoblade Chronicles or 3 are going to be the only real contenders. Because Soul Hackers is middling, and it was a lot of, you know, it needs to find its footing a little bit more. It was really good, blah, 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 blah. And Deal Field and the other kind of just... And Soul Hackers is a sequel to a game that nobody played in kind of an offshoot of two series that are totally different. So it's kind of alone in the woods going, hey, I'm over here. I agree. And at the end of the day, though, I think it will be... uh, well, we'll talk about what we think will win once he announces what will win. But those once will be we know the it's up for winning. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think those will be who you see in that particular category for this year. And I think the only game that's on my list that I don't know where you'd put it unless it's just action game and it's, this would lose out to something like Bayonetta 3, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Everybody loved it. It's bopping. It's a throwback to the old school, just like some of the other things we talked about, like Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. People who don't play games now would definitely play this. It's got to go on there somewhere to get something. And, and again, I could see like a, a, a smaller publication or you know a smaller group saying, hey, that's our game of the year because you can play with all your buddies and do all the stuff you used to do. Uh-huh. Maybe, oh, maybe that's Family Game. There's your family game right there. That's actually, I was just about to say, that's a perfect game for family, but I don't know if they'll put it, you know, I don't know if they'll put it in that category, which it completely and 100% deserves to be in that category. That is what a family game is to me. A game that a whole bunch of you can sit around a freaking TV, play together, laugh together, have a great time together. That would be the perfect fit for that. And then I got to, I was trying to think while you were mentioning that, have there been any good arcade games this year? Because maybe you could actually open up an arcade branch this you know, this time around and say, best arcade game, which has been gone and dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you know, Streets of Rage has made a comeback. Uh, obviously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I feel like there's more that I'm just not bringing to my brain right now. But I feel like there's kind of been a resurgence in some arcade-type games. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something to look at. I'll also be interested to see what's out there for... Best fighting game, just because I'm oh, a fighting yeah. game head. And Street Fighter Six is coming out. I know King of Fighters 15 came out this year, and I haven't touched it. But I always like that category, because I can see, what is this? What's that awesome Guilty Gear game with the incredible animations that I can never unsee, and then I never play it? I'm looking forward to the show. It should be a fun show. Obviously, we'll do... Hey, spoiler alert, we'll do a two-parter 
with the nominees and predictions because we're going to be smart and not do like a 10-hour show and we have to edit it and then drop it all all at once. Probably a good idea. And I'm going to talk about esports for like an hour this time. <laughs> I know. I'm going to tell you about all of them. All right, I know who Tato is and Tango and Bagongo. And I'm like, oh, great. Cool beans. Wow. Now it won't just be like, League of Legends is the best esports because it's the only one I watch. Now I've watched them all and I can actually tell you why it's the best. Oh, spoiler alert. That's my pick. But yeah, it'll be fun. It's always a fun time of the year, but it's also a pressure inducing type of the year. Because if the Game Awards is coming up, that means Game of the Year is coming up. That means the end of the year is coming up, which means all the stuff we usually do around the end and beginning of the year is coming up. You gotta get, <laughs> gotta check out your New Year's resolution episode again, Eric. And see how we're doing on that, Dad. Don't shake your head at me. Don't shake your head at me. It's gonna be good. Doesn't exist. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I erased it from the, the annals of time. It's gone. You'll never see it. I did a tingle jingle, baby. Woo! woo, woo. And that New Year's resolution is out. Don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> what about you out there in podcast listener land? What do you What do you think is going to be hitting big at the Game Awards? What do you think is going to be sweeping up all the categories, getting all the nominees, getting all the wins? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, get on over to Facebook, and I know for a fact there's some games that we're missing, that we didn't talk about. I know it, because there were too many good games this year, contrary to what them content creators be talking about. There was a lot of good stuff this year, and I want you to tell us about it. Go to Facebook, and you can do that right there on Facebook. I'll check it out. Go, oh, look, at little Timmy said something. Chicka, 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 chicka. Or you can go to our Patreon. Hey, you know what? Those guys are having a blast, and I appreciate what they're up to. Let me throw a buck or two their way and throw some comments at them. Pew! You can do all that. And if you don't want to do that, though, you can be even crazier. You can just say, you know what? Typing's tough. How about I just go to iTunes or Spotify or uh, Twitch or whatever and just premium sub over on the Twitch or five-star reviews on the Spotify or the iTunes. It's just a couple clicks. Click, 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 and that's all you got to do. You don't even got to type. It's a beautiful thing. All of it helps us out, and we appreciate all of it. So please consider doing it. You know, New Year's and Christmas is coming up. Think of it as a Christmas gift or a Thanksgiving gift or a New Year's gift to your old pals, Eric and Matt. Come on now. And also think about listening to that very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 17th of November on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. Just like we appreciate the five-star reviews I already told you about. Get over there. Get them to us. I need to eat. Thanksgiving's around the corner. You eat turkeys, I eat five-star reviews. And I'm hungry. I'm hungry. So help me out. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... Don't forget to say... Sit down.